0: this morning i do want us to continue our walk toward bethlehem each week we get a little closer we start with hope and you know hope is uh it, is that longing we're, we're thinking it, it, it's coming one of these days we remember the prophets who pointed toward jesus still a long way off but there's hope we're going to get there he's going to come And then it builds to a sense of peace. And not only am I longing for it and hoping for it, but but God provides this overwhelming sense of well-being. Because I know God's going to keep His promise. I know we're going to be okay. And there is that sense of peace that comes for God's people. Shalom, a sense of well-being that God will provide and this morning we, we, we move on just a little bit further and that intensity grows just a little bit more because not only am I longing for it, hopefully, but I also have that sense of well-being, that shalom, that peace. But wow, now I'm just overwhelmed with his love that he would bring all this to pass. I want us to consider his gift of love this morning. And we're going to go to a familiar passage, the one that is our theme during the Christmas time. It's even really spelled out on our banners. Look with me, if you will, on Isaiah chapter 9 at verse 6. Isaiah 9 and verse 6. I want us to consider together a gift of love. We're going to begin there at 9, 6. The prophet Isaiah looks forward and he is overwhelmed by this great gift of love from God and says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. In other words, he will come as the Lord, he will be the one in charge. He continues, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In his names, his titles, the the prophet sums up his person as we begin to understand more and more who Messiah really is. As we understand him to be Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, he's the wonderful counselor, he is the, the one in charge, the government is on his shoulder. But it all begins... At the beginning of the verse, a child is born, a son is given. And so we need to make sure that we focus on that first part of the verse this morning. Notice with me that God gave us a gift. Now that in itself is mind-blowing, that God gave us a gift He said in in the first part of the verse, therefore, to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Isn't that amazing that, that the God of all of the universe, the God who created all that exists, the God who chose in his grace and mercy to allow us to be a part of his creation, The God who is the everlasting one, the one who is almighty, all-powerful, all-understanding, all-knowing. The one who is and was and is to come. He has no time. It is he who deserves that all things would be given to him. And yet he chooses to give us a gift. That's just amazing to me. For unto us a child is born unto us. A son is given. That was the prophet looking forward, seeing it as if it had already happened. And then the night that it did happen, the night that Jesus was born, The hosts of heaven appeared on earth and they sang the songs and they gave the praise glory to God in the highest peace on earth, goodwill to men. And while they were explaining all that was happening to the shepherds, they said in Luke chapter two at verse 11, they said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. The prophet looked forward and said for unto us is born and then the angels appeared and said hey it's happened now unto you is born a savior who is Christ the Lord what a gift what an amazing thought incredible grace overwhelming mercy what great joy that God would choose to give us a gift notice with me this morning that he not only gave us a gift, but notice that he gave us a gift. He gave us a gift. The emphasis then on that word, it says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Not just sent, like we might send our child down the the street to the... To the convenience store to grab a Dr. Pepper. Not just sent on an errand or a journey. Not even assigned, as in the military here's your assignment now, go do your job. But gave. It wasn't just a temporary mission, it was his purpose. The coming of Jesus fulfilled God's ultimate plan, His full redemptive plan from the beginning of creation. Actually, Revelation reveals that it happened before the foundation of the world. God had this planned. So it's not just a temporary mission. Go do your job and come back. It is a gift. God sent His Son as a gift. He who deserves to receive, gave. You know, a gift cannot be earned. And this is where I think we misunderstand God's work in our lives so often. A gift cannot be earned. You cannot be good enough. You cannot do enough. You cannot show up at church enough to deserve a gift. You can't work your way into being good enough for Jesus to count for you. The only way for us to understand what God did and to fully relate to Jesus Christ is to see that he came as a gift. This is the word grace. Grace is receiving that which we do not deserve. That gift, a real gift has no strings, nothing required in return. At the end of the week, or maybe for you, it's every two weeks, maybe it's once a month, but at some point, if you're still working, you get a paycheck. You put in your time, you get a paycheck. And when the boss hands you that paycheck... Do you say thank you for the gift? You earned that. That's yours. That's not even the boss's money. That's your money because you earned it. That's not a gift. Here, we, we are able to understand, we're able to see the difference between being paid what we've earned and being given. Something we could never earn, never deserve. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. God gave us a gift. Paul understood that and helped us see that as he wrote various letters to the churches. In Romans chapter 6, at verse 23, he emphasizes the wages of sin is death. That's what you earn, that's your paycheck, that's what you deserve. The wages of sin is death. You say, well, I haven't sinned. Well, you just did because you lied again on top of all your other sins. The wages of sin is death. You sin, you earn a paycheck, and that paycheck is death. But the free gift of God, that which you did not earn, cannot deserve, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He also said to the church at Ephesus, he said in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is a gift of God. So consider this morning the amazing reality that God gave us a gift take that one step deeper and let it sink in that God gave us a gift. When God sent His Son, He gave us a true gift. All we have to do is receive it. And then notice with me, if you will, that God gave us His best. Again, just in that first phrase of the verse, for to us a child is born... To us a son is given. He gave us his son. He gave us his best. You know, we give different kinds of gifts. Your your fellow employee, the person who next who works on the line next to you, they're not going to get the same kind of gift that you give your spouse or your children. You might send a gift to, to the grandkid's teacher at the elementary school, but but you're not going to give the teacher the same kind of gift you give that grandchild. We give different kinds of gifts. The cost of the gift and the thought behind it are often directly related to the depth of our love. The cost and the thought behind the gift are usually directly related to our love. We might, we might put a little gift in the mailbox for the, for the postman. I respect that person. I'm grateful for that person. But I don't love that person the way I love my daughter. Mailman not going to get what my daughter gets. Right? The thought behind it, the cost of it, are related to the love. How much must God love us to pay the price that he paid to give his own son? Consider that. What a sacrifice that must be to give up your own child for the well-being of others. I can't imagine it. I don't understand it. For God to love so much that He would give His best. And then I'm just overwhelmed when the thought occurs to me He could have Showed up all in His own. In all His glory. He could have just showed up and made stuff happen. But had He done that. We as frail humans. Would have been overcome by His glory. We would fall to the ground as dead people. At the very least we would run in fear. Of a holy God. He could have sent. Thousands of angels to, to, to fly over the world and spread His grace. But had that happened, we wouldn't have known it was for us as an individual, each of us being loved specifically. It would have been a wide broadcast for the whole world. But when He loved us enough to send us His own Son, He says, look at the cost Look at the thought behind it. Experience the love that caused it. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. God gave us, even us, a gift. What He gave to us was indeed a gift. But not just any gift, it was His best. And again, we return to Paul in the book of Galatians 4 and 4. We're taught that in the fullness of time, that means when when the time was just right, at just the right moment in His plan, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son. Born of a woman, born under the law, he sent his, he gave his best. 2 Corinthians 9 and 15 helps us because (laughs) it confesses on our behalf that we can't express this. (laughs) How do you explain it? Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Other translations use other words for inexpressible, but they all mean the same thing. I don't know how to say how great this is. The New Living Translation puts it really well. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. Undescribable. Inexpressible. He gave us His best. The Apostle Paul When writing 2 Corinthians 9, looks at Jesus and says, I can't describe him. All I can do is fall on my knees and thank God for that indescribable gift. And I guess that's what we need to do at Christmas time too. Just fall on our knees. Thank him for that overwhelming, uh, unbelievable, indescribable gift of love. And that's the final thing that I want you to see this morning. That God gave us his love. He gave a gift to us. That in itself is incredible. He gave us a gift. Didn't wait for us to earn it and figure it out. And that gift wasn't just any gift, it was his best. How and why would he do all of that? Because God gave us his love unto us a child is born to us a son is given in first john chapter 4 at verse 9 we read in this the love of god was made manifest among us that word manifest means obvious it was made clear we could see it and understand it in this the love of god was made clear among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. His love was shown to us without any question when He sent Jesus to the world. As we come to the manger this Christmas, we we are overwhelmed by the great love of God that He demonstrated there. Never underestimate the love of God. It is the great power in all the universe. And he wants to share that love with you. He sent his son to prove it. You know that great old hymn, Because He Lives? We usually sing that at Easter. It's an Easter song, right? Because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Because he lives. All fear is gone. Because he lives. Life is worth the living. Just because he lives it's a easter song but might it also be a christmas song hear the first verse god sent his son they called him jesus he came to love and heal and forgive he lived and died to buy my pardon an empty grave is there to prove my savior lives because folks you you don't have an empty grave until you have a cross of Calvary. And you don't have a cross of Calvary if there's no baby in Bethlehem. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. And an empty grave is there to prove he lives. Christmas is not about the, the parties, and busy schedule, and the shopping, and the tinsel. It's not even about the Christmas spirit that we hear about in movies or songs. All of those things are good and wonderful. But Christmas is about the fact that God loved us so much that he sent his son to change the world, to change us forever. Christmas is about the greatest gift ever given, a gift that was given out of love. Let me remind you again of that best-known verse in all the world. We've already referred to it. Look at it again. Because I want to show you what we learned this morning is developed beautifully in this, this verse. God gave us a gift, for God so loved the world. He gave us a gift. God so loved the world that He gave. He gave us His best. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whosoever believeth should not perish. He gave his love for God so loved. In other words, God loved in such a way that he gave.